This program is brought to you by thepodcastfactory.com. You are listening to Copy Chief Radio. I have with me the Copy Chief himself, Mr. Kevin Rogers. What is up, my man? Jonathan, great to be back with you for another exciting episode of Copy Chief Radio. Copy uh, Chief Radio, I love it, man. So what do you have in store for us today? This is going to be a lot of fun, dude. So I'm going to start a three-part series right out of the gate here. Uh, I think this will really help people, you know, get a lot from each episode. I don't because this is kind of a lot of stuff. And I think each of these three things deserve their own episode. So we're gonna do a little little mini series here. And these are three things that must happen before you can sell a thing. And I mentioned on show zero, the deal here is that look, uh after a decade of creating sales campaigns with other writers and four clients uh, over a hundred million dollars in sales in total that we've created. We've seen a lot of what works and a lot of what doesn't work. And it always kind of comes down, Jonathan, to f- the number one thing is clarity, right? Just like getting super clear on what the offer is, like, you know, who you are, first of all, and why people should buy this from you. That's, that's a huge one. Uh, and then, you know, where does this offer fit in, in the big picture of everything you're doing? So if this is your very first offer, it helps to think a little bit about, okay, how do you want to be known? What's your ultimate end goal? And, you know, is this a, a product made to be a perfect introduction to how people can work with you? Uh, or is it you just wanting to get some offer out there and figure out all the moving parts how this stuff works, that's perfectly fine too. But it's super important to decide in advance what is the purpose of this offer? How will it serve my business sort of in the big picture, right? Yeah, so that's interesting because you're talking like what you have me thinking about is like the the value ladder. And so you're talking about different spots on the value ladder. So wouldn't it be easier if we were thinking of this as like just a first entry level product, something just starting out to introduce people to you? Would that be the, the simplest place to start? If that's your if that's what you're doing, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, or if you're a company with already, say you're Eben Pagan and you've got 40 products out there on the marketplace. You know, is this, what is the purpose of this this particular offer? You know, how does it tie to other existing offers? Uh, should there be, you know, an ongoing coaching series behind this? Should there be some live access webinars to you? What makes sense to complete this offer and make it irresistible? Man, you got me thinking about my business already. I'm sitting <laughs> <laughs> Like, all right, let's see which product goes first that I can match up with today's show. So I like that. <laughs> yeah. And that's, it's, it's, again, you know, again, in Copy Chief, we say nobody writes alone. And another thing should be like, nobody thinks alone, right? It's like, you know, if you don't think this stuff through, and it's really helpful to have other minds that you trust kind of weighing in on this stuff. I'll give you a live 
you know, for instance, Jonathan, and like, you know, here I have all this experience consulting other people. And again, when it comes to your own stuff, man, it's so difficult to be sure. And I sat for about 40 minutes yesterday and I sketched out an offer that made a lot of sense to me. And, you know, there was a time when I would have sent that out and, you know, wondered why I got like crickets back. (laughs) And, you know, experience told me to ask a trusted colleague what they thought of it. And, you know, he came back with like 12 notes of like, this isn't clear. Not sure why I would even want this. Uh, You know, how does this actually work? Am I getting access to you? All these things that in my head were perfectly (laughs) clear, (laughs) but just were not coming across in the offer, right? And so now I get to take a step back, think through the offer a little better and clarify it. And that is going to make all the difference in how people respond. And let's Let's be honest, you know, it's not only important because you want to, you know, have a lot of sales from your offer, but sending stuff out, especially if you have a list and you have a sort of, you know, close relationship with your list, like everybody should, uh, you send out stuff that's kind of wobbly and doesn't get followed up on, people are going to start to go, what's up with this guy? Like, what you know, does he know yeah. what he's doing? And so- <laughs> you, Is he on drugs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rogers is unstable. <laughs> and so, you know, you got to kind of explain yourself. And if something doesn't work the way it's supposed to, uh, you either have to, you know, you pretend it never happened, <laughs> which you can get away <laughs> with a couple of times, uh, or- you know, explain, turn it, turn it into a, a lesson. And that's why it's kind of cool to be transparent. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a in an upcoming episode, what that even means to be transparent in our marketing. But one thing I love about being transparent is that if I make a mistake or, you know, don't go through my checklist the way I preach, I call myself out. I go, here's a great example. Even, you know, even Mr. Expert over here screwed it up. So, so, yeah. so fair warning. Um, so yeah, clarity on the offer is the first thing. Uh, and just again, like sussing out, how does this fit into your business? How is it, you know, why is it important that your, um, prospects have this offer when they may have bought things that seem similar to it, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That it's funny. That's also really good in life as well. Having clarity on what you're doing. So I guess that that's a recurring thread. Maybe you should get clear on things before you put them out there. Yeah. It helps you to talk about them. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, opportunities to show up and talk about your offers these days. Like, you know, used to be back in the day, if you had say people promoting your offer, uh, it would just be, you know, you tell them about the offer and either you'd supply them what we call swipe emails. And so here, you want to promote my stuff, just send out these emails, pretend that it's from you, and it should convert well for you. Mm. That kind of marketing (laughs) isn't really working as well, because a lot of the people are on the same list. And if they see the same exact email coming from like three people, uh, two of them are going to look like douchebags. Yeah. And so you want people who will promote your stuff with their own words Uh, and very often people will say, Hey, could you come on uh, my podcast and talk about this offer? Or could we have a webinar together, you know, special for, for my tribe and uh, having clarity 
on your offer really helps in those scenarios because you can take any question that comes along and, you know, turn it into a benefit rather than get caught with your pants down. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of like when you really know your subject, when you really know your topic, that's the point where you can explain it the most simply and make the mm -hmm. most impact. So, yeah, I definitely see that. Yeah, you kind of you, you have to get like the clunky pitch out of the way. You know, you notice like with anything, even if like take a joke for instance, if you have a favorite joke, the first time you tell it, it's not going to be the best time you tell it because you're kind of like trying to remember the joke, make sure you don't screw it up. The fifth time you tell it, you it's really going to kill because you know it gets a reaction you know how to tell, you've expanded on certain parts or changed little words and it's the best version of the joke you have, right? So it's the same thing with pitching an offer. Uh, you got to get the clunky versions out of the way early so that you can like really hone it and get clarity. Yeah, I like that. And so here's the thing about clarity, Jonathan, is that, you know, here's what it does for you beyond just the stuff we're talking about, sort of the tactical stuff. On a psychological level, you know, when you have clarity, whether it's on your business, uh, your, your, you know, your offer uh, or a piece of copy you're writing, it's like you wake up energized, right? Like those are the days you, you jump out of bed because you know exactly where to focus your energy and then you, you'll see real progress towards growing your income. You know that there's money at the end of this journey. And with the, when you don't have that, that's when like doubt and confusion begin to fester in the back of your mind. Yeah. You know, like you, you, you feel jealous and bitter about other people's <laughs> success. Right? Like all this negativity comes in. He doesn't deserve that shit. Yeah. It's like a scroll through Facebook. is like a kick in the gut, right? It's like, that's, that's like a bad sign. If you, <laughs> you find yourself on Facebook and you, and you close the app and you're, and you're pissed. You know, like wow. that's something where you're going, why am, why am I pissed? Like all, <laughs> And you go, that's because I don't have clarity on my own stuff. And it feels like everybody else is succeeding when I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Uh, and so, you know, that's that's like a good sign that you can, need to get some clarity. And then, you know, the other effects of it are, look, you know, I talked about not being, not seeming unclear or unstable to your list. But another way that sort of manifests is in your life, the people around you in your life. Uh, you know, like anybody in a long-term relationship or in a marriage will know this is true. Like you can only present so many big ideas that don't pan out before your lover begins to like really question you. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, you know, I'm not going to get into marriage advice here, but I will tell you, you know, the, of all my friends who've been through divorce – a very common theme is this exact thing. It, it was like they got married when they were full of ambition and big ideas. And because they're creative people and entrepreneurs are very much, you know, what Dean Jackson calls super cows, right? We yeah. have all these great ideas, but we have bloated udders because no one's there to milk us. <laughs> <laughs> what a picture. Yeah, I know. And, uh, you know, so – if if you don't follow through on some of your ideas, yeah, it's frustrating for the people around you to not see progress. And uh, you know, it's they want to have faith in you, but they're really starting to question what is this stupid 
internet thing they're doing that's oh, not producing yeah. anything. And that's another reason to you know, go use this like clarity filter, what I call backstage before you go talking about it to everyone around you or trying to promote it anywhere out in the free world. Just like, you know, go through a checklist and make sure it's, it's legit before you do all that. <laughs> now, when, when do you think that, uh, it's good to bring in outside eyes? Because like you said, it, it you want to get something set up, but you also want to get somebody else looking at it. So when is the time to do that without getting yourself discouraged? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I would say, you know, once if you have a checklist already or a, a, a decent way to f- sort of like vet an idea, if you go through that process and you get some positive feedback, I'd say that's a good time to bring in another pair of eyeballs that you trust and say, okay, here's, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm getting back. You know, here's what I see as the offer. What do you think? And this is where you want to apply sort of the Gary Halbert rule. You know, every listeners probably know that Gary Halbert is a famous copywriter. uh, And he had a thing where he would write a draft of a sales letter. And he would, when he lived in Key West, he would go down to the bar were all his buddies, and he would read the sales letter to a few people there. And if they said, wow, that's that's some really great writing, Gary, he would tear it up and throw it in the garbage. The only acceptable answer to him reading a sales letter to people in a bar is, holy crap, where do I get that? Yeah, man. <laughs> where do I get me one of those? And... Uh, that's the same with this idea. Now, it, it, it's not going to be formed enough for that for maybe your friend uh, to say, yeah, man, I need to have one of those. But there should be some of that there, right? It shouldn't just be they're thinking tactically about the offer or here's what you could charge or maybe I change. They should be like, oh, my God, that's irresistible. It would be even better if that kind of thing, right? Yeah. And so that's the kind of back and forth interaction you want to have around it. Uh, and, you know, uh, look, this is why having, you know, some sort of traction in your niche is, is really important. Whether you have a Facebook group or, or a page that gets a lot of uh, activity, certainly there's nothing more valuable than having an email list of subscribers that love hearing from you and will give you feedback when you ask for it directly. That's the most amazing thing you can do is like just put out an idea and see what kind of reaction it gets. Sometimes you ask directly, hey, I'm thinking about creating a training about this or putting together a small group that would accomplish this. Would you be interested? And you know, that's a really direct way to find out if people are, are hot on the idea or not. Uh, another time, you could just write about the topic and sort of you know, hint at this being a, a problem that needs to be solved for people and seeing if they organically respond. You know, to me, the greatest stat in email is, you know, hit reply, right? The people yeah. that are, you know, they don't just click a link or whatever, but they're compelled to hit reply, hoping you'll read their email, but they're so moved by what you said or struck by it or compelled by it that, they're going to take the chance and go, man, I just had to write you and say X. That means you're onto a hot topic. Interesting. Very interesting. 
I like that. Although nobody ever responds to my emails. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> gotta get your passion, brother. I gotta get some passion, right? I'm like, <laughs> bye, and then I'll talk to you. <laughs> That's right. Send money now. So I can't help but ask this, and it's not like we planned this or anything, but is there such a checklist in Copy Chief that could help with that? Um, I would say not officially, <laughs> because I don't want this to feel like it was all leading up to some pitch. Uh, and the truth is, it, it, I do have a checklist that, that I just created literally yesterday at lunch. That's one of my favorite things to do is, you know, bring a pencil and paper, a little notebook to lunch when I have an idea like this and just write it out. And I filled up an entire page. And so there very soon will be a checklist. Yes. Uh, by the time this airs, I think there'll, there'll be a, a checklist available in Copy Chief. And it's really simple. But what I want to deliver with it is not just the you know, idea behind why this is important, but some good tactical ways to vet your idea, whether you have an active email list or not. Yeah, man. So I will create that. Yes, sir. <laughs> he doesn't want, he doesn't want you guys to know about that. <laughs> yeah. It's a secret. Kevin, you're holding out on the world. You know? It's a secret right now. <laughs> That's probably where I should have said, yes, if you just log in today, you'll, uh, you know, but I like to be honest. It, but, but you know, th that's the cool thing about Copy Chief is we're constantly creating things like this. Like this is something that's been on my radar a lot lately. So I've been writing about it. Put it this way. This idea has been vetted to the point where this went out as an email and I did get a lot of those replies yeah. where people hit reply, wrote me a personal message back. And I was like, okay, this is striking a nerve how can I now turn this into a tactical, you know, sort of little action plan so that people can get help with it? That's one of my favorite things, actually. And I don't want to go off track too much, but you have a bunch of action plans like the 60 second sales hook, that big training that you and Ross did on the USP, mm -hmm. all that stuff where you give us the education, then give us the tools to implement it because otherwise it would be ideas without implementation. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I call it an immersive learning community, right? Because to me, that's all the difference in the world. And what I mean by immersive means that you not only took in the information, but you did some little action that sort of fortified the lesson for you. And then you shared it and then got feedback. Wow. Because what all those simple little acts of immersion mean that uh, you're invested now in the outcome, right? And if you've ever noticed, especially in marketing, like you could be a copywriter and write, you know, 10 different uh, sales campaigns for people, and, but that's all you do is you turn in the copy and, you know, hear hopefully good news back from the marketer that it went well. Yeah. Then you write one campaign for your own product, and it might be way, you know, a smaller price or less intricate, but man, you will learn more about the statistics of a sales letter uh, doing that than you ever will just turning in copy because you're invested in the outcome. Yeah. yeah. It's your money on the line now. And you're, so that's what I mean about immersion. If you partake in the lesson and invest some of your own, uh, energy into creating your own version of it and then invest in 
taking the feedback and improving it from there. You'll have that forever. It's now a part of you rather than just one more thing that you learned about or read about or sat through a video about. And, you know, look, collecting data does not make you money. Taking action on simple things are what will move the needle big time for your business. It reminds me like uh, collecting all those webinars and workshops and all that uh, stuff, collecting dust in an attic. It's just unused, unthought about and just sitting there. And that's kind of like all that training. And that's what I like. I think doing work is really where the learning happens. 100%. Yep. So, Kevin, what else? Is there anything you want to say in closing or can we tease out the next episode? Yeah, I think we've covered clarity pretty well. Um, So the next episode is going to be uh, part two of this series is going to be all about uh, identity, right? So who are you to the marketplace and why should people buy from you? Again, something we cannot take for granted. Number one, that you are positioning yourself in a way that gets people's attention and two, makes them want to buy from you instead of anyone else offering something similar. So that's going to be part two coming up next. All right. Looking forward to it. So that's a wrap for Copy Chief Radio. And that was the first one. How about that? Thank you, Kevin. And thank you for tuning in. We will get back in your earbuds next week. You've been listening to Copy Chief Radio. Thank you for tuning in. If you're digging what we are laying down for you, then your next step is to go over to iTunes, type in Copy Chief Radio into the search bar, and when you find a show, subscribe. We will be back in your earbuds next week. This is the podcastfactory.com.